Hello, wrestling fans, and thank you for joining us again as we are reliving the extreme. Nate Maxson here with you along, of course, as always, with my brother Aaron. Hello. And ECW, as he says, participant, Mr. Chad Austin is here with us. And you are my friends. <laughs> and how's it going out there tonight, guys? It's cold here. It's stopped, though, for now. So that's yeah. good. It, it's you, cold here, and we, we got the, every, did everything. You big, did you get the big snow, Chad? Like the. No, we got we, we we got the we got the well. If the big snow equals the work rate of the big show, then that's what we got. <laughs> we, we we got the big show minus about four feet. <laughs> well, all right, all right. Yeah, we we only got like I don't know three inches here in Ohio, but so we lucked out this. That's time. what my fiance got last night. <laughs> <laughs> hey oh. <laughs> Uh, this week on the show, we are reviewing the episode of ECW from June 29th, 1993. I just want to say, first of all, just and we'll get into it, but my takeaways, I had three takeaways from this show. One, some of it was boring. Two, some of it was baffling. Three, Glenn Osborne is the worst tag team partner in the history of professional wrestling. Those were my three takeaways as we get into the rest of the show this week. <laughs> Do you do you name these shows by any chance? Like put it like a like a, a little subtitle above them I, or anything? I haven't I haven't started doing that yet. So some weeks we have something that sticks out to me that could be a name, and then some weeks we don't. So I I think as time rolls on, I'll probably start subtitling them. Yeah, well, I got the name of this show. We were wrong about Ivan Koloff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I ever like. What the fuck is Ivan Koloff doing? Oh my god! And they announced he's going to wrestle. But more on that later. More on that later. Yes, last Jeez. week we were we were firmly convinced that this match was going to be an old one, but it was not. Um, so, Aaron, do you want to get us started with the uh, the wonderful intro here of the show? Well, the show opens. Um, Jay Sully, Todd Gordon, and Paulie Dangerously are out there. They're hyping that uh, Ivan Koloff is going to be with Vladimir, and Paulie <laughs> calls Vladimir the best Soviet athlete to come to America in the last 20 years. <laughs> That's a little okay. rich, Paulie. It's a little rich. <laughs> and apparently Manscaped is not a sponsor on East no. <laughs> um, Good God. To me, I, to me, Vladimir Kozlov looks like Louis C.K. decided to become a professional wrestler <laughs> and pretend he was Russian. Oh, Vladimir Kozlov and Vladimir Kolov, uh, you know, Walmart, table, it's all the fucking same. <laughs> send them all out there. But I like, did you say Louis C.K.? Yeah, he looks like Louis C.K. If you look at him. I never, I've never thought about that. He does. He looks like the motherfucker. That, that actually kind of popped me because I'm a big fan of Louis C.K. I never really I know, looked I looked at that I was like, what does he look like? I'm like, he looks like Louis C.K. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> hey, did you guys see? Did you guys see when um, they did the interview with Todd and Sully, like in the studio backstage, whatever? That it looked like they had just got off the love boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? like I-, I looked at Jay Sully's legs. He had like, no yeah. socks. No socks. No socks usually like, six packs. Usually six packs. Sully, this is no socks. Sully, he's just <laughs> no socks. That's all I could stare at was his ankles. <laughs> like they were on a set of a '90s low-budget porno. <laughs> that was yeah. I mean, the whole the whole entire getup was, and then they were just throwing around how much money, like everything cost Todd Gordon and everything. You 
know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't be, like, buying, um, maybe you shouldn't be buying, like, uh, tuxedo stores. <laughs> or or wedding stores. <laughs> Trading on putting some footwear on your guys. <laughs> it might help. Sully is, uh, moving into that. Sully's talking about, he, he, he says to Todd, Todd, that main event last night, last that main event, that Texas Chainsaw Massacre match, that main that main event made no sense at all. That's what <laughs> Sully says, and Todd tries to explain it. Um, he claims that John Finnegan got knocked unconscious, but Todd Finnegan didn't even go down during the entire match. <laughs> I didn't. I that. didn't see it. I, I went back and looked too, and I was like, "Where did he get knocked out?" <laughs> like, he's the most Whatever. hardcore motherfucker in the whole match. <laughs> um, and then Todd proceeds to recap the entire match, and comes up with the and actually drops the name Freddie Gilbert this time around. Yes, he also or, or whatever. <laughs> As Todd said, he also no, dropped- he, you know, Todd said um, the referee Kevin Christian or whatever his name is. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> you know what I mean? Before he said what his name was, what would have gave Todd Gordon the idea that he had another name? <laughs> But yeah, That's why I, said you know, some of this I was there that night, and I, I can't wait to get to where I can tell you when I where I was at that night too. But yeah, that that was a that was a weird thing with the whole the referee thing, and I love the whole idea of having um of Freddie Gilbert. I thought that was great. I actually, you said about your you mentioned about yourself being there. It's funny because during a couple of the matches on this show that I said were I found boring I actually uh, was kind of trying to spot you in the crowd I'm doing Chad spotting now trying to find you in the crowd <laughs> now I know where I was at <laughs> oh yeah yeah I, I remember 100% but we ain't there yet <laughs> <laughs> so when they when they show the highlights of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre here they actually at least they didn't show us the whole match yeah but but Sully before they cut into it says that uh um that they have to show you the match because words can't put it into can't put it into perspective but but Todd just gave us five minutes worth of words <laughs> turning it into perspective. <laughs> yeah, well I have I have um I have mixed reactions on it. I thought it was a great idea. Obviously you guys know why they didn't show you the whole match. Because mm-hmm. they kept they kept flashing the graphic about their home video up there, which is great. But I think I think one thing I got out of it was it almost made me want to be there again, especially when he didn't have the uh, commentary and all you heard mm-hmm. was the crowd noise. Mm-hmm. Didn't that kind of like make it sound like, wow, this is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. And I agree. I just think that the Todd Gordon explaining everything didn't need to happen. They should have just had the hype video, not Todd explaining everything and then just showing you everything that Todd just explained to you. <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that eventually um, before that when we went over that match, like there really wasn't a finish. It was kind of like just a melee kind of thing. And then when we kind of talked about it, it was like then Todd breaks it down like there was a finish. <laughs> like and I'm just like what? I kind of remember it as being a brawl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like nobody, there was no like winner or loser kind of thing, and, and and Todd having to explain the finish was kind of a. I want to say like a disconnect a little bit. Like you have to go to that great length to tell me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
That, that means the match didn't have a very good fucking finish. So having having and I'm, maybe I'll ask this question because of what we're talking about here with Todd mansplaining this and everything. How how well how well in the years that you were there, Chad? Did you get to know? Did you get to know Todd at all very well? I I got to know him about eleven forty five. Okay. And then it was like normally, like normally that locker room was like, like very vast. It was mm-hmm. so big that everybody could have their own space. It was just that big. And like, eventually like guys would, would start walking around because we had like one table that may have had like a water jug there or something, you know, right. Or like fruit and then a TV monitor and guys would congregate, whatever, but you would see Todd, but not like it was more like, Hey, how you doing? Mr. Gordon. Well, the only reason I was asking that was because looking at something like this, I wonder, is Todd Gordon a guy that is a mark for himself? You know, because he, he, he loves to put himself all over the show. <laughs> and... I think you answered that question by just by asking it. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, I mean, look at some of the stuff you see on, on YouTube. Not mm-hmm. to say that everything's, like, accurate. Like, look at some of the stories about me that aren't accurate. <laughs> but, yeah, I think Todd was a big mark for himself, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Right. You know? It's his money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was Vince a mark for himself? Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, look what he did. Greatest heel character of all time. I'll wait. <laughs> Up next, we get a promo from Mr. Terry Funk himself. Um, I dug this promo, even though... Kind of, lost a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He seemed lost, but I liked. I mean, I liked his serious tone, and you know, Terry's Terry, so he's fantastic. But yeah, you're right. I put I put that he kind of jibber jawed around here to get to the point. Terry Funk <laughs> is allowed to ramble a little bit. Yes, <laughs> he clearly, yeah, he clearly lost what he wanted to say. But what what I wrote was it was a great promo because it was great storytelling. Because at the end, he kind of wrapped everything all in together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's awesome that he forgot that he forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he and then going like, well, I was stupid a minute ago. And now I'm going to tie all this in together. And I'm like, that's genius. Borderline, it, starts you know? out, he's, it starts, it's almost like somewhat realistic because he starts at not knowing what's happening. He's like, do I want him in a hair match or a mask match? How about <laughs> I put my hair on the line? He'll put his mat. Yeah. Hair versus mask <laughs> like he's, match. Yeah, he's coming up with the <laughs> shit on the fly. <laughs> Yeah, and then when he started talking about how when you get older, you know, you appreciate your hair and whatever, I was like, I don't remember them ever going towards a hair match. Like, did Terry just start just talking shit up? And, and Todd's just standing there going, yeah. Here's the booking meeting, folks. Well, that, that's definitely a way of talking your name into a paycheck. If you start mentioning, like, you know, I will cut my hair, will you? He goes, yeah, for a price. That's <laughs> that's that's like uh, that's Terry Funk like writing his own check. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Fuck. <laughs> Why not? Anything else on that? Nope. No, no, I, I can't wait to see what's next. Up next, we have the promo from the Koloffs. Oh no, not the Koloffs that we saw last <laughs> week. <laughs> oh no, those Russian bad, those Ruskies are here now in ECW, and this match actually took place. At this taping in the ECW arena last week, we discussed that we thought maybe it was from, you know, the Cabrini tapings or something. But nope, here they are, Ivan and Vladimir in the ECW arena against Glenn Osborne and our friend Herve Ernesto. 
Oh, poor Hervé. Um, <laughs> this is the match where I knew that I was in the building and I knew where I was at because I actually have a picture that I took with some shitty-ass camera that I had found at a party or something. Um, you know where I was walking down with a white jacket on? Mm-hmm. Well, I was on that aisleway on the uh, – for him walking in, I was on his left side. I have that picture. And I remember the whole entire time I'm going, I haven't ever worked there. He's a fraud. <laughs> You've got a picture of it. I got, I got a picture of it. <laughs> and when I saw it, I was like, holy shit, I'm a fucking liar. <laughs> what you did is you blocked it out of your memory. <laughs> it was- uh, well, yeah. I mean, I was probably getting a hot dog. <laughs> I'll say this, though. For all the old timers or whatever you want to call them, Ivan was at least trying. Like he was, he was trying better more than anybody else. Like all the other older guys, like Morocco or Snooker or whatever. I don't think Ivan was phoning it in. Yeah, I mean, according to Paul Heyman, it was he's a he's a um, he's a member of the sins of insanity. (laughs) That's what that's what he said. He's like, look at his look at his face. It's the sins of insanity. <laughs> like it's off. He's got a day job. <laughs> Enough, right? And and I'm like, why was I mean I mean we can we can look at it now from the retrospective that um Ivan never stuck around, right? Right. So there wasn't any reason for Paulie to put him over. And he's and Paulie's talking about all the stuff that he's done, the numerous accolades and all the other stuff. And I'm like, that's all great and all, but you're going to see her working for George South down in like North Carolina next week. <laughs> That's why I wonder if uh, he, maybe Paulie, you know, because Paulie's a New York guy. Maybe he was a, a Koloff mark. That's all I can think of, you know. You know, I, I that that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, the MSG. You know, maybe you know, Koloff was, maybe, maybe uh, Heyman was there like in the garden or something. Mm-hmm. You know, during the coal off years. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I could see that. But that's that's the only way I could think, or the only reason I could think for him uh, putting Ivan over like he did here. But definitely not, don't want to put over Vlad. Old Vlad. Yeah. And well, uh, I, I, I got a lot of good things to say about Vlad, honestly. No, seriously, I do. I, I really thought that he showed great um, fundamentals. And when he came in and did his stuff, he he's physically Im- more imposing than I thought he was. Mm-hmm. He had a pretty good. That suplex he hit was pretty good. All of it was great. The, and, and that it, armbar. Right. And it all looks safe, right? Mm-hmm. It all looks safe. And I was like, God damn, that's, um, that guy could actually do stuff. And I think can probably get some trade out of that guy. Yeah. He didn't look like shit. Probably would have did something. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you want to hang out at Walmart's, <laughs> getting the Michelin XL wiper blades, the silicone <laughs> ones, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I thought he, I thought he looked great. I, I actually wrote that. I was like, damn, you know, Vlad looked, Vlad, Vlad isn't, isn't bad. This, <laughs> Vlad ain't bad. It should be a shirt. Be a shirt. <laughs> yeah, um, but. Maybe Nobody's going to get title. it but us three. That could be the title of the show. Flat ain't bad. <laughs> the, the, no, this I is still where, think we were wrong about Ivan Koloff. <laughs> this is where I wrote down my note about Glenn Osborne being the worst tag team hey, partner never, never ever. Even tag, never even he, tries to Never him. even tries to help his partner as his arm is getting mangled <laughs> by these Koloffs. 
essentially those of you that didn't are not watching the shows along with us as we do. Essentially, the Koloffs just work over Herve's arm for three and a half, four minutes, and yeah, uh, clearly put put him down. And uh, Glenn Osborne just stands on the apron, not very engaged. He never tried to run in and break the count. Nothing like like you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, even a dumb baby face tries to run in and break up the count so the <laughs> heels can double team. He was just like, like he was like, you know what? They're killing this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like the minute the the minute the the pin happens, he just disappears from the apron. Even he didn't even come yes. into, you know, terrible tag team partner that Glenn Osborne. Yeah, I would never pick him. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot of take out of this match. It just it it, it, it whatever. It was what it was. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, Herve, as, you, as you're going to see for a little while, I think he left with the, with the same attitude that I did. He couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> like, every single week he was getting murdered, murdered, mm-hmm. murdered. And, you know, they didn't give a shit about you. You know what I mean? Like, your body right. or whatever. They just murdered you. And poor Glenn was like, I ain't being a part of this. Yeah, <laughs> Glenn's like, is good heart still promoting? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so next up is uh, Paul Lee, laid out once again in the shagging wagon. <laughs> Getting ready to tell us about Eddie Gilbert's escapades across Philadelphia. <laughs> this <laughs> Paul Lee in the van thing every time I see it. At least, <laughs> at least this week he didn't try to call it the ECW production truck. He at least admitted it was a van. He said this is yeah. the ECW production van. Van. The Astro van. <laughs> that's that's completely crazy. <laughs> I mean that, I mean how, how are you gonna how, how are you gonna try to hide that? Or, you, you know look, or you look behind him and there's like a bag with a rope and a pineapple in it or whatever. Yeah. It's like do you, just, do you just go to the Piggly Wiggly? What, yeah. what? <laughs> We can see the baby feet, Paul. We can see the baby feet, Polly. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that I, I, I don't know why. I, I mean, obviously it's budget restraints, but I mean, there's got to be other things you probably could have done. You could have, you could have shot like at a remote, like in front of like a, a fancy restaurant or something. You didn't have to go in, you know. Or you just did anything other than. Taking a taking a, a, a interview with you inside of a Chevy Astro van, laying down in a van. Yeah, <laughs> go out to the woods like Eddie did. Eddie just like went out to by the woods. It was uh, yeah, this was bad. The van's so dumb, <laughs> and, and still it reeks of Jason, <laughs> the sexiest man alive. Oh, Polly, you know Terry Gordy loved his van. What's that? I, I was watching. I was watching some world class the other day, and they're doing this this promo with Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy, and they're they're. I think they were. It was when they were flaring up against um, um, maybe Akbar because they were they were like they were still feuding with the Von Erichs because they feuded with the Von Erichs forever, but they were also kind of baby faces against Akbar. Anyway, Gordy, they they have this van. And Mercer's interviewing them, and Gordy is pissed off that Mercer keeps trying to touch this van. Like, Terry Gordy loves this van, and no one's allowed to touch it but the Freebirds. Anyway, sorry, the van thing got me off on the little tangent there. Um, well, maybe Paul E. and Terry, and they all had, they all 
made payments on his van. <laughs> they all had a Maybe it had together. some like sentimental value <laughs> to, to all the guys about it. I don't fucking know. Stay out of our fucking van. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a, it was a, you know, a, a mid eighties, you know, they, they weren't cheap, you know, <laughs> they just don't give them away, you know, unless you're in Memphis and you win a battle Royal or some shit. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine being in a battle royal in the in the in the prizes <laughs> the a nineteen a nineteen eighty nine Chevy Astro van? <laughs> like, how do you withdraw your name from the um from being in the battle royal? Yeah, yeah I'm Lance. sorry, guys. I'm not, I'm not I'm not doing this. Lance Russell's like Lawler won the van. <laughs> That's all Lawler needs in another car. That's all Sal needs is another van. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got. He needs another place to hide the kids. <laughs> uh, okay, back on the rails. <laughs> yeah. Um. Apparently, the life of the king is partying with uh, six pack Sully at the Catman Do because that's what uh. Eddie Gilbert did. He's the king of Philadelphia, and he spent his night partying with Six Pack Sully and Todd Gordon at Katmandu. Katmandu. Well, apparently, um, um, Todd Gordon is a is a lush. <laughs> you know, yeah, isn't that what the graphic said? And then Gilbert runs into him down on Delaware Avenue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, Todd Gilbert's a, or Todd Gordon's a happy hour kind of fella. <laughs> Could, Jay just imagine what Eddie was thinking. Like, yeah, I'm going to put on my wrestling outfit. Because none of you two ever been to South Street, right? No, no. Well, it's a big, it's a, it's kind of like a, um, a Bourbon Street type of thing. Okay. But it's nowhere near as big. Like, as long, kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah, all the bars are loud music. People in and out of the bar, walking down the street. And you get Eddie Gilbert showing up, <laughs> wearing them them, them them trunks that he's got on, and he's wearing a crown, <laughs> and, and he has on his shirt that says "Love me, love my dogs." Harkening <laughs> <laughs> I mean, back to whatever happened with Todd Gordon's dog or whatever yeah. back at the beginning of this thing. Yeah, like <laughs> what do you? I mean, what, what would a regular person that doesn't watch? Or don't have Sports Channel Philadelphia going <laughs> to say when they see that? I was going to say this might have been okay. I, I might have not even looked at a place on Bourbon Street, but <laughs> I mean it, that's the way South Street is. It really is very very cool. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is that way where at least it was back back in the day. But yeah, it's just funny that this guy shows up wearing spandex and a crown and a <laughs> big cape. love my dog shirt. <laughs> The old six pack Sully and God the Lush. This is it was. It, 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 I enjoyed it. Oh no! I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big, big Mark of Eddie Gilbert. He's like my hero and like my mentor and stuff like that. And I do. A, I've watched a lot of matches recently that I got from another guy that sent me some stuff. And I do so much stuff that I've learned from Eddie Gilbert, mm-hmm. like just mannerisms and way of moving. And and I, and then I see. He got it from Lawler. Right. I can see exactly what he's talking about. He got that from Lawler. And, you know, and yeah, Gilbert is just phenomenal. And so all that stuff to me is just, it, it's funny, but I know what it is. It's, it's just killing time. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and it's then, also, oh, it's also I was just going to say, it's also, it's killing time, but it's killing time better than what they did when they were just at, like, fucking Cabrini or whatever and showed you the same things week in and week out. Like, at least they're getting out of the arena, they're doing things, they're showing the guys' personalities better. Yeah, there's definitely some development going on as far as the story goes and all that. Um, and like you said, I enjoyed this, you know, just Eddie acting, acting like a shit heel outside. <laughs> and now we roll into, and here's the funny thing. And you guys might disagree with me. This was actually, I liked this match. I, it's Tony Stetson and Larry Winters and their big grudge match. Um, this thing form- never fucking ends. These Larry <laughs> Winters, Tony Stetson thing, it just doesn't fucking end. It's like the, <laughs> it's epic. It's like it's like Sting and Flair, or Dreamer <laughs> and Raven, or fucking Tito Santana and Rick Martel. These guys are never gonna get along. It's just <laughs> fucking forever. Jesus, Tito Santana and Rick Martel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I, I had you at Raven Dreamer or Dusty Ole. <laughs> um, I mean, Tito's at that at Rick Martell. <laughs> they, right. they would always dig that old heat up for a Saturday night's main event match. Between yeah, those saying, these guys are never going to get along. <laughs> That's it in winners. Jesus but I, I, I did like this match for a grudge match. match. All right. It, it <laughs> served its purpose. You know, they, all right. they worked, they worked pretty well. I thought, I, you know, but maybe I'm more I, into this feud than I think I am. <laughs> I just like I, I, watching Larry Winters get the shit kicked out with a pot can. I mean, <laughs> and his hair never gets messed up. I mean, no. And then, what was the the one spot that happened where he? I, I think it was Winters hit him with a boot or something, and Paulie and the guy and Jay Sully goes, "That was a nice boot." And Paulie goes, "Like, like, what is, a, what is a not so nice boot?" Yeah. <laughs> He said, that's a good boot or whatever. He's like, what's a bad boot? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I know Paulie's like a genius and everything like that, but come on. <laughs> Do a little more, you know, you know. And Larry Winters, th- there's something about him that you can just tell that Paulie doesn't like. Mm. There's lots about him Paulie doesn't <laughs> like. <laughs> Let's start with the top with the hair. <laughs> Who knows? Paulie was a big fan of the China Club, so, you know. Larry Winters and Stevie Wonderful go to the same hairdresser. I figured that out watching this. All right. <laughs> well, I'm sure that was Stevie telling him, hey, bro. So you get on TV, brother. <laughs> Curly mullet is the way to go. <laughs> 1993 blowing up. Next thing you know, this little thing I'm wearing around my, my waist. You can put your wallet in it. <laughs> oh, fanny packs. Don't forget to tuck your boots into your jeans, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm investing in this new company in Canada called Zubaz. <laughs> it's going to be huge, Talk, bro. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, Jay Sully, I don't. I mean, not Jay Sully. I mean, Steve Wonderful. Good God. I don't. <laughs> Yeah, he's, like, I, he's a cartoon character. Yeah. <laughs> he's clearly there as a guy that 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 Paul just fill in time with, you know, mm-hmm. because he's probably on a payroll of some sort that he can give you something for nothing, like a barter deal, you know. Because it, you know, did he work for the cable company or whatever? 
<laughs> Maybe it's so, his yeah, he's probably He's got a deal probably with the cable company. Either that or that's his van. <laughs> yeah. It's got all the equipment in it. They got <laughs> like Max Thrasher with the ring. Now we're beholden to Stevie Wonderful's van. Got the van. <laughs> After the show, Stevie's got to put all his stuff in the van. I'm not going to lay on a bench. I'm not an animal. <laughs> yeah, well, what's, the, what's the matter with you? <laughs> Good God. I mean, enough with the... Enough with the um, Lumpy Larry and Stetson. <laughs> after that, I, I, oh, go ahead. There wasn't after that. Oh. There wasn't was after that. It wasn't great though. We get a TV championship match between Superfly Jimmy Snuka and Tommy Cairo. Poor Tommy Cairo. He's got to keep working with these guys. <laughs> they give him nothing. It's supposed to be, you know, he's you're so supposed much to be better than what he's getting. Well, I was going to say, you're the, getting to work with the legends is supposed to be a rub. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but, but he's so much better than what he gets. It's just hey, bad. at least look at changed his outfit. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> I mean, at least at least somebody was smart enough to tell us, look, hey, you're coming in for a TV taping. It's going to be a two day deal. You're going to work like seventeen times, um, <laughs> and you bring a couple different outfits. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no problem, brother. Because he probably, he lives out of that suitcase anyway. So they're already probably in the fucking bag to begin with. It'll be and 200 I'm like, brother. I'm like, poor Cairo. <laughs> you know? And, like, I, I figure as many times as Cairo does that spinning leg kick, or as many times he's done it against Snooker, he would eventually get it right. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Because <laughs> now that reeks of me yelling out Michael Cole, Hip attack, like it's Oscar, like because it, 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 it reminded me of when I worked Pitbull at um Holiday Hell '93, and Paulie wanted him to kill me, and he goes throw a clothesline, and I want you to duck and give him one of them spin leg kicks, and I did the same exact thing, and I don't know whether it was me or Pitbull, but I'll take the blame for it, where I gave him a hip attack, mm-hmm. and I pinned him. And I'm thinking, like, well, I still have from Tommy Cairo. <laughs> give, give the man some credit, please, would you? <laughs> Which one of them fucked up the leapfrog spot? Was that – did Tommy come up too quick, or did Snooker and I get up high enough? Probably Cairo. It was probably a miscommunication, and, Ty, and, and Cairo probably just didn't get up high enough, and Snooker wasn't ducking. Not today, brother. I already brought extra tights. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, bro. It was DCB, a, it was a, baby. TCB, I'm taking care of business. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he changed his fucking clothes. <laughs> he had Metal Maniac run out to the car and get him another outfit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Smoker, I have I have no idea. I wish I, I could have, I, I mean, I sat down and, and, you know, at this point, just ask Paul, like, what the fuck is going on with all this? You know, all these guys you're bringing in, you're not you're not doing anything with the younger guys, and and, and what you're doing is you're making them work the older guys who don't want to do anything for them, mm-hmm. and then when you work them against themselves, it makes them look that much worse. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because they're not they're not working with anybody better. You know, they're working with themselves, <laughs> and it's just a it's a hodgepodge of just throwing guys together. And I guess it's seeing what sticks or seeing what you can record to put on TV, but they're not doing a, a whole lot here to 
you know, booster rating. Put it that way. Like the only I two guys. Bring out Sal. The only two guys that are willing to like teach anybody anything, it seems to me, are it would be Eddie and Terry, and Eddie and Terry are working with each other. Like Eddie and Terry should be working with, like Eddie should be working with Tommy Cairo, and Terry should be working with whatever heel they are trying to get over. Well, I do remember that um, Terry took an interest in JT. I think that that was a project that Terry was was going to undermine himself. Like he took a liking to JT, but I, I think it ain't too much longer after this. For you know, yeah, it is because we still got JT in the FBI. But yeah. JT just fell out of love with the business and just moved on. But I think Terry liked JT. And as far as Eddie, who the fuck knew what Eddie liked? You know, <laughs> it, it, sure, it, sure, it surely wasn't Glenn Osborne no. or, uh, <laughs> or, or poor Renisto Beneficio <laughs> or whatever they're calling him this week. Or Tommy Cairo, for that matter. Well, Tyra, Tommy Cairo, I really think. I really think they really had a little more for Tommy. I still think that, you know, I, I listened to our last week's show guys and I really thought it was a great show. And I, and I must've said it. I said it on that show. It must be the sixth time in a row. I said, they had something for Tommy. Mm-hmm. Well, and they, and and maybe, they put that, they put that Pennsylvania strap on him and for, for their promotion at that time, I'm sure that was a big deal for them, you know? That's what so, I'm saying. Like, 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 I'm not saying that Tommy was in a bad spot or they were doing any bad with him. Like, I don't think they were being malicious with it or anything, but it's just like, he was in the, he was in the, the, the main mix or whatever with like Snuka and Morocco and all that. But what I say, I feel bad for Tommy Cairo. I just feel bad for him because these, these guys aren't. Helping him out. Helping him out at all. They're just sandbagging him or just fucking half-assing it, and he's out there trying to, like, you know, get over it. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I totally think that Cairo was in an uphill battle right there to begin with. That You know, he wasn't going to win that. But, I mean, tell me that that Superfly Splash wasn't spectacular. (laughs) He gave all of that one. He did. He He gave all of that one. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a move, man. Like everybody I've known have taken it. It all says it kills him. It really mm-hmm. does kill him because I mean Jimmy's like, well, I'm not going to hurt myself. You know, I'd much right. rather hurt you than hurt me. <laughs> and when he does it, he nails you, man. And and it, it, that that one look really really good. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I thought it looked really really well. Absolutely. And I I actually put on here the Superfly Splash like. At the end of that match, Jimmy, for a brief second, looked like he was into what he was doing. And um, then at the at the end, well, we have uh, just a little context for those of you that didn't watch the show. Morocco, Don Morocco and the Dark Patriot were both also on the outside. And a little chicanery out there is ultimately what cost Tommy Cairo the match. And uh, because of that, Terry Funk comes out and... Gets the referee to reverse the decision as crazy-eyed Snooka, Don Morocco, and the Dark Patriot petition on the outside and bitch and pitch a bitch. Yeah. All right, so so let, let me ask you this: isn't isn't the deal in wrestling that there's a winner and a loser's purse? Yes. So Jimmy Snooka was that pissed off that he lost his, his share. Eighty dollars. 
Yeah, he lost his <laughs> share of the winners and losers purse over a DQ finish. And, and I was just thinking, like, he, he looked pretty pissed. Yeah, he did. Crazy. It, it was almost like it was almost like somebody said you weren't getting paid for the whole entire weekend. <laughs> like I was going, you know God damn. He's like, you know how many classic melts you can get with twenty five bucks, brother. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he, he looked pissed. You got Morocco holding him back and stuff, and Baker holding him back. I'm like, he looks like he's going to break through and take his money out on Cairo. Great <laughs> cheap um, with the cat man do, brother. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that's my shot money, brother. <laughs> I was going to buy a T-shirt and a beer koozie. <laughs> cat man do. <laughs> Taking care of souvenirs, brother. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, up next, we get our Balomo promo of the week with uh, Sal and a wacky getup talking about the three Musketeros. Because <laughs> appar- yes. apparently, somewhere, uh, there's sometimes in the show, it's like, um, it's like when AEW does something and doesn't explain it or doesn't give you a, a you know, they, they'll just change something. And or like they'll do something on dark, but not mention why it changed on dynamite. Sometimes this show does that. Like when did we start referring to Sal Balomo and the Super Destroyers as the Three Musketeers? Like this just automatically just happened. I don't know, but he opens the promo and he says, "Here's the man with the big crack in his head. <laughs> I'm a big crack in my head." <laughs> and you transcribed this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I rewound it. I rewound it. He says. Here's the man with the big crack in his head. I'm the big crack in my head. <laughs> and then his blonde wig falls off. And then after that, I have no fucking idea. I just got three mu- musketeers. That's what I got. Three musketeers. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we we all three wasted ink on writing three musketeers. <laughs> Because I, I clearly have it on my sheet, and I'm just like, what in the fuck is Sal talking about? The, the cracks in his head. But, I mean, we all know at the end of the promo, by the end of the fight, somebody else is going to have a crack in their head. He's getting worse by the week. You know, you, you know who should be Sal's manager right now is that Jade Caldwell. <laughs> that girl from AEW, Shaq's yeah. girlfriend or whatever. If, if, if she was Sal's promo person, them two together is golden. Like, <laughs> like Sal, I don't know what's going on with Sal Balomo. I think if you would look at his brain, it would look like an angel food cake you left out in the rain. Just <laughs> mush. Like he doesn't have any fucking idea what's going on. No, he it's just a- definitely does not. <laughs> not not a not a, an inkling of what the fuck's going on. If, 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 if what you transcribed him saying was "I'm a crack in my head," <laughs> then yeah, there's there's not much going on up there. Yeah, but there's yeah. going to be somebody else with a crack in their head, and then <laughs> and then I, I, when I wrote Three Musketeers," I'm like, "What what is going on here?" And then all of a sudden, they cut to that to a Sir, I don't even know his name, Sir um, Richard Michaels. Yeah, whatever. That that guy's completely awful, rotten. And <laughs> he is, he's terrible. He says, he says, you look like you eat some Three Musketeers, you big fat yeah. slob. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. That's the second time they mentioned Three Musketeers. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then, and then he calls Sal Blomo a nut. 
scared. He's like, I'm going to bust your nut or whatever. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I don't, know where you, I don't know where you guys live, but if, where I live, if somebody just called me a nut, I, I don't think they're fighting words. Yeah. Okay, buddy. I'm not, I'm not getting out of my car at a red light and want to fight you when you say, hey, man, you're a nut. <laughs> My favorite part was Pauly, though. If you watch Pauly, he's, he's laying it on thick with his, like, facial expressions. Because, like, he's trying to sell it, like, what fucking Richards or Richard Michaels is saying is, like, tough no shit. Like, he's like, you eat three musketeers, you fat fucking slog or whatever. And Pauly's like, oh. <laughs> that is pretty bad. deal with three musketeers? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> that, 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 we need to do a whole entire show just on... What's the deal with the Three Musketeers? Was there was were, were they getting a deal from that little dollar store around the corner from the ECW arena on it, and that's all they had? You know, a, a grab bag of Three Musketeers. Like, you know, the first time they said it, I go, oh, "That's funny," and then I was like, "Wait a minute!" Now it's an underlining theme. Yeah, now they're beating. Yeah, and there's even a Three Musketeers bar. They're going to incorporate it into the match. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like. I mean, if this is paid product placement, that's one thing, but I'm doubting that. Yeah, so well, we have- all, all, all I got out of it is Michael's is bad, and then I wrote slash seriously. Like, <laughs> like you know, th- there's a lot of things. I, I, You know, a lot of times when I go to the shows, a lot of guys will, like, ask me, like, to watch their match and critique them and stuff like that. And there's a lot of stuff that's just so independent. You know, when a guy's like pounding you in the corner and you're just flailing, you know, in the corner, like, you know, you're not really selling, you know, you're just kind of going, oh, uh, uh, you know, and he did all the independent stuff mm-hmm. and it just was just like, God damn, he's doing, he's doing what he was le- trained to do, which is a, a right move because it's safe. But at the same time, you're not doing it to where it looks like you're doing it. You know, yeah. it doesn't look real. You know, and that's that's one thing that I always took a lot of pride in was um, I have a good punch and I took a great backdrop and I sold very well. I always sold very well. And when I see what when these guys do the independent selling, like just think of it this way. When a guy backs a corner, a guy in the corner and gives him the 10 punches, mm-hmm. you know, and he do the arms, fly, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Why are you hitting the, the, the ropes? Yeah, and, and Sir Sir Michaels was that he was that kind of bad, like independent bad, and it's mm-hmm. not because he didn't know any better. He just didn't have any experience. And his promo was indie bad too. You know, well, that's, that's, that's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah he, he must have been sick that day. <laughs> I mean, he called he called Sal Palomo a nut. Seriously, <laughs> you nut. Let's tell you that you nut. Yeah, like Chad said, those yeah. fighting words. <laughs> yeah, Rick, Rick, Rick Flair told Randy Savage that Elizabeth was mine before she was yours. Yeah, and Sal Belomo is a fucking nut. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm jumping across the table, you know, to, re- to, to reach for your throat. You know, I am not a nut. <laughs> How dare a, you? Yeah, you miserable son of a... Um, so... Paulie brought up Cornette in this match, which I thought was kind of weird on commentary. Yeah, I, thought a, I thought he did it a couple times. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. I was like, why is Because pa-? he's talking about he's talking about Corny in the same breath that he's talking about Funk, you know. And it's like, what? This didn't. That's weird because obviously Corny didn't 
<laughs> didn't have anything to do with this at all at this time at all. Um, so yeah, I, just, yeah, I don't know. I just, Smoky Mountain would have been already started, right? Yeah, Smoky Mountain started in '92. Yeah. I think what Paulie's tried to do a couple times is like allude, and it doesn't work. It didn't work for. Him. I think he's tried to allude a couple times to like, um, like non East, like his time before ECW mm-hmm. is what I think he's trying to do. Like when he's like, because because part of it's like he's talking about like the Dangerous Alliance and people trying to come at it or whatever, and 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 he's saying like you know Terry Funk's tried to do it and then he brings up Cornette and I think he's trying to talk about Cornette you know because he had like you know <clears throat> the the original midnight like randy rose and dennis condry with him i think that's what paulie's trying to do because he did it last week in a promo too it's just it doesn't work though Mm -hmm. oh okay interesting and i I think that's what he's trying he's trying to like allude to different shit outside of ecw work 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 the history of his character is what yeah 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 or or maybe or i mean what do you think about the possibility of maybe paulie was trying to Maybe start a little something, yeah. You know, and like just put his toe in the water mm-hmm. and be like, you know, because you know, cause believe me, I was mean? as worked as everybody was when it comes to the cornet Paulie thing. So this is June of June, and I, I know I'm I'm getting a soft track here because yes, yeah, Smoky, Smoky, Smoky Mountain was definitely going. Had Corny appeared on Raw yet, or did he come in in July? Because the Steiners right. to have the Steiners probably, no, to have no, no, he, bodies. He would have been there. Yet. He he would have been there yet. It was probably July because he came in after. Um, he came in when Yoko started feuding with Luger because he was the American spokesperson. Ah, yes, yes, okay. And I don't, I don't think they would have started the Luger Yoko thing like in June. I I, I could be no, wrong. Well, that started on July fourth. Yeah, we can we can place that and, one. And, and if you watch the unite the USS Intrepid thing, Cornette's not there, and mm-hmm. I can remember. Mm-hmm. But he's very close to being in the WWF here. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, do, do you think there was a possibility that even Jim was, or that Paulie was even talking to Jim? Would that maybe, even make any sense? Maybe uh, you know, maybe maybe because at this point, if if Cornette's talking to Vince, maybe about doing some Smoky Mountain stuff with the WWF, maybe he's talking to other other guys around the business too, you know, about I mean, Cornette was doing whatever he could do to get Smoky Mountain out there. I mean, he did that shit with uh, Bill Watts and Bill Watts, yeah. WCW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. But it, it's just funny to me that when I hear the stories about when um, the guys say that, like New Jack says that I was an ECW um, agent or a scout or whatever, and in, in the Smoky Mountain locker room, I never knew that Paulie and Jim Cornette weren't enemies. So that also let, lends credibility to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, what would I do in the Jim Cornette's locker room? Right. And, and say that shit because I, I literally thought they didn't like each other. I, I never knew until, you know, listening to Cornette's show. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Did you guys know? I mean, no, I didn't. Not to not till I started listening to the experience and, and the drive through. I, no, I had no idea. Just, I always figured Jimmy just hated him. Yeah, so did I because of the, just because of the, their viewpoints on the business. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's it's, it's weird to me that when I when I heard that shit, I was just like, wow, and maybe maybe you know, Cornette and Paulie really do not hate each other. You know, 
That would have been great. Could you imagine? That that would have been great. Cornette and Heyman, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when when what? he talked, when when Jim Cornette talks about Heyman, he doesn't ever really like degrade him or disrespect no, him. No, I was going to say, he, he doesn't say anything negative about Paul Heyman that isn't a negative trait of Paul Heyman's character anyway. <laughs> or the, the fact that he doesn't like the the blood and guts mm-hmm. type stuff. But, that, I mean, he, when he says he doesn't like it, he at least says, hey, it wasn't my thing, but while he was performing for his audience, like he was putting out what his audience wanted, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, guess who showed up at the ECW arena one time? <laughs> Uh, Jim Cornette. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't matter what he thinks about it. It's what Paulie's going to pay him to do for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's all, you know, I, you know, I love Jim and I love working for Jim. And that's a re- a lot of the reason why I left um, ECW was to go work for Jim. But yeah, like not, not even knowing that was um, a deal that they weren't enemies. I, I could just think like, wow, these two working together. It would have definitely would have imploded at some point, right? Oh, for sure. yeah. upon it. There's, there's, ego, no, right? there's no way that doesn't. <laughs> it would have had to have because mm-hmm. Paulie, Paulie's booking for New York, and you know, and and uh, Jim Cornette's booking for New Hazard County. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's just like it, it's yeah. never gonna. It was never think, gonna work out. I think if you would have put them in the same room, maybe not, maybe not legitimately the same amount of hatred that Cornette has, but I think that he and Heyman would have soured on each other just like Hay- or just like Cornette and Russo did, because it's just two different philosophies that it's like oil and oil and water, you know. I I don't think I don't think it would have been that bad. No, no, I don't no, mean, no, no. I, don't I, don't either. Either. I, I think I think it wouldn't have been that bad because I just um, met professionally, not personally. Like I don't think it would. Because I, I think I think Cornette at least would respect the fact that Paul Heyman worked his way through knew, knew what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing, one thing, Paulie booked for, like Paulie booked for the future, and Jim Cornette booked for when he was coming back there next week. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole different philosophy when it comes to booking. But, you know, it's not it's not here nor it's not good or bad. It's just, you know, well, I'm coming back. I'm going to be in Johnson City next Wednesday. So, you know, I'm not going to crucify Kurt Angle or whatever the fuck, whoever they crucified <laughs> or any of that shit and do it in Hazard, Kentucky or, you know. Right. Or for Montana, just so nobody sees it. <laughs> and and Paulie, Paulie's probably looking at, Wow, this is I I need to talk all these people into giving me all this money so I can go like, you know, you know, national kind of thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, it it would have somehow it would have somehow blew up, but it, it's just a great pipe dream of like what if, you know? Like Smoky Mountain was going town to town, ECW was going ECW arena this month to ECW arena next month. Yeah, but ECW also didn't give you that illusion that they were just they they weren't really doing that because what, what would they advertise week to week? Maybe three shows that they were they were going to. Mm-hmm. So that would have been on a good month when they booked the three good spot shows. A lot of times there wasn't a whole other a whole other bunch of shows, so it made so if ECW he was making it look like they were a traveling act when you know in all essence they really weren't mm-hmm. unless they had. They had money behind them. They had promotion behind them, and they were they were getting guaranteed money. So they weren't going to be like traveling act. 
and Jim's making deals with, you know, you know, like I said, Hazard, Johnson City, Knoxville, yeah. and he was there every single fucking week. I, I worked in several places. I mean, Christ, of the Montgomeryville flea market where they discovered the lovely Francine at. Um, when she got choke slammed by nine one one, when she was the love, she was Miss Montgomeryville, the flea market beauty pageant winner. Like, <laughs> like all them shows, they were they were all bought shows. So Paulie wasn't losing money, right? He, he just brought some fucking ham with a camera that they they filmed it from their version of the Eagle's Nest or the Crow's Nest or whatever the fuck they're calling it, <laughs> whatever they're calling it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the the reason we got off topic here is because there's not much to talk about this match, folks. Nope. It ends in a stupid schmoz. The whole thing is stupid. <laughs> Super Destroyers are out. The Suicide Blondes are out. And uh, not a lot to say about it, really. Um. Yeah, I have a... After I got Michael's is bad, seriously. <laughs> and, and then I wrote, thank effing God... And apparently somebody's name in the credit just must have got my caught my attention because I wrote Ed Woes. Yeah, I, I mean I saw that name I think last week and at first when I in in my glance I was like Ed Wood and then I went back and oh like, yeah okay. Ed Wood E A E A Woods E A Woods yeah that's he's wasn't wasn't Ed Woods one of the guys that used to work with Gilbert and in Continental that was like in charge of the money. I don't know. Like that name, that's what what rang a bell. And I'm thinking, like, why do I know? Why do I know that name? And I don't and, know. But and, and, good. I was to say I called the number. <laughs> you did. What'd you get? A fax. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay. a real fax. Yeah. <laughs> a fax machine. Um, <laughs> well, at least somebody there. still owns the number. <laughs> Jesus! In this day and age, when I call like old numbers, it's like this number is disconnected. You got a real live fax. That's what happened to me when I when we did the. Uh, you can the, still apparently buy promotional time from the this EA Woods guy. You just got to fax it to him. <laughs> when we did uh, when we did the yeah. uh, UWF Beach Brawl ver- uh, episode of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, I called the number that you could order the 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 Beach Brawl video cassette from. And it was like a, 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 like I got an answering machine. It was like a local insurance company or something now, something to that effect, financial advisor or something. So these numbers are still getting passed around. <laughs> I, I, I'm I so glad that when you message me about doing shows, you don't message me about doing shows about that kind of stuff. <laughs> absolutely no chance. Uh, I, I have, I have all, I have most of Herb Abrams stuff, but there's no chance I'm going to sit down and watch that tape and review it because I can already turn the page on my notebook right now and tell you how bad it was. <laughs> it was terrible. It was, oh, it was bloody awful. God. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's it's bad. The whole the whole entire Herb Abrams run is just it's a you know the dark side of the ring thing was funny for me because I didn't have a whole lot of information on Herb Abrams until I started you know watch the show and i'm like wow this guy really was a fucking idiot like <laughs> i never knew all this you know like that he was like that big of a coke fiend and uh you know and hookers and all this shit I'm like god damn i wouldn't mind hanging out with the guy i should have tried to send him a resume an eight by ten an eight ball i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, overall, I gave I gave this show a one out of five. I did not like this show. It, there, there was nothing on here that I mean, I mean, I'm grasping for straws when I said, boy, 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 oh boy, I sure did like that Stetson winners match. Like, I'm just trying to find something positive here. I did not enjoy this show. I gave it a two, just because it made me laugh. <laughs> well, the um, the positive that I got out of it for one was the funk promo mm-hmm. early because. I, I I just like the way he just conducted it, where he turned his back. It wasn't he wasn't in front of the camera, yeah. you know. And and then remember how we talked about he he lost concentration, mm-hmm. you know. That almost made sense to me. Like he was really thinking about what he wanted to say and got so wrapped up, you know. I thought that was good. Then I thought, um, I really like Catman too. I I I, I hope it's still there. Because I'm thinking about going back up to Philadelphia, and, and maybe I'll catch. Well, Eddie Gilbert's not going to be there, but, but yeah. Know, other than that, if, if, if Chad, know. if you if you go to Philly and you go to Katmandu, it's going to be a podcast. <laughs> Chad Chad Austin at Katmandu. Yeah, with Jay Sully. <laughs> well, I would never go to Katmandu without Jay Sully. <laughs> I'll make you guys a promise right there. If I ever can, decide to go to Katmandu or Philadelphia, I'm going to look up Jay Sully. Take him with you. you take him with you. you. Get in with no cover. He's the man on them parts. If I can afford the bail, <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know what he's doing. I, I give the show. I, I think who just gave it what a, a one and a quarter? Who was that? The name I gave it. I gave it a one. Yeah, I just, I just, I found myself bored watching this show. I guess that's the that's the reason I say that. I was just kind of bored watching it. It was the first time that I've watched one of these shows where I didn't find myself watching it intently, if that makes sense. Like I was, because usually I try to watch the show with no distractions so I can do a good review for the show for our show, and this one just kind of lost me a few times. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it, it it really did. It just was like it was just whatever they have left. That's you know, it, it's almost like we, we always keep we always keep harking about the fact that we see where they kind of want to go. They mm-hmm. ain't there yet. They don't have enough material, you know, in the can to go forward. And they just keep putting out whatever they can. It's like you got to do something at some point to grab us. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think they do coming up, you know, in the in, in the next few months or whatever, but I, I usually gave the shows somewhere in the two average or two range, but I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you, Nate. I'm going to say uh, um, I'm going to say about a one and one and three quarters. Okay. It, it was just, it was That's just fair. subpar. It was just subpar, you know, and I hate saying that because it's, it's, it's a good effort, but it was right. fuck, you know, <laughs> Well, let's see what uh, what they have in store for us next week. As always, I'll read the preview of I next watched, week's show. I, I, I looked at the preview. It's, it's from the WWE Network, and here we go. Next week on this edition of Eastern Championship Wrestling, the Super Destroyers put their masks on the line when they challenge the Suicide Blondes for the ECW Tag Team Championships. Plus, the Sandman battles Ivan Koloff for a shot at the ECW Heavyweight ch- Title. Um, ECW president Todd Gordon vows to lay down the law and much more. So there he's you go. Ivan, he's Ivan. I made a liar out of you guys. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> he's just hanging around. <laughs> I'm going to show up again next week, even though it's just the same day, about an hour and a half later. But, you know, in, in TV time, he's going to show up the next week. 
just to prove these podcast fuckers wrong. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Vladimir have the week off. I hope Vladimir CK's there. <laughs> That's funny, man. I'm going to go back and watch that. Just to, well, actually, I'm not. Look at a picture of Louis CK and look at a picture of Vladimir Kozlov. They have the same fucking face. Koloff. Koloff. I said Kozlov, sorry. Man, look at their face. They have the same face. I was going to say, Vladimir Kozlov looks like the bird guy from Muppets. but I haven't seen that guy in so many years. I don't even know. what I couldn't pick him up a lineup. <laughs> Vladimir Kozlov. He was in a WWE, right? Yeah, WWE. Yeah. I like that guy. Okay, well, there's no fucking... I'm not going to hold grudge for bad days, but <laughs> <laughs> that's up to you. You do whatever you want. <laughs> Aaron, any parting words for our listeners this week? No, just thanks for listening, and that's that. Chad? Yeah, stick stick with the, the uh, Reliving the, um, Extreme podcast because shows get better. Mm-hmm. And if the shows get better, then the podcast can only get better. And I, just, I, I yeah. hope you guys are out there watching along with us because it's fun. It's fun to watch and then discuss it. And if you're not a member they're of our, it? It, it, no, no, no. I mean, as, I hope they're watching the shows. The shows. Oh, I, I didn't. Things. I didn't do my hair. I just thought that you said you were watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not watching us. Um, but that being said, if you're out there listening and you have not yet, go ahead and join the relive the Ex- reliving the extreme Facebook group, and uh, check out also the We Can't Wrestle podcast as well. That and so much more. Check Chad out on Twitter. At Chad Austin or Chad Hoover DeMera. And also Chad's Video Vault. Yeah, I mean, everybody's checking that out. Don't forget your, um, what is it, your little code thing? Oh. Uh, the, the Christmas coupon code, whatever. Use the code, whatever. <laughs> uh, Christmas chaos. Christmas chaos, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I'll get all your orders out in time. Or at least both of you guys. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you again, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next week as we continue reliving the extreme.